Ladies and gentlemen. Almost six years now. The day after the Royal Rumble in 2014, about two and a half months before the Yes Movement carried Daniel Bryan to the world title at WrestleMania, and for months and years afterward, when everything, whenever WWE was in Chicago, or AJ Lee was wrestling, or something was going on that the WWE fan base didn't like. The universe, as the idiots in WWE call it. We heard CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. Christ, even when I went to Money the Bank last year when Roman Reigns was wrestling, the crowd chanted CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. And here I was, secure in the knowledge that he would never return to WWE. I mean, maybe he'd come back to be part of the Hall of Fame, but, you know, he was indignant. He was put through the coals by this company. He was roasted by them. He was sued by them. So obviously he would never go back to WWE, right? And then last Wednesday, it's all over the news. And it is very sad when your heroes fall. Welcome to Kingdom of Honor. This is your host, Zanman Shane Sabunia, along with my good buddy, the Honorable Jeff. And we are two, uh, we are two fans of CM Punk that are really, right now, finding it hard to be fans of CM Punk. I, the one thing that CM Punk had was that he stuck by his word. And... Regardless of whether he's working for Fox or not, he said he was never going to appear on WWE television again. And then he appears on WWE television. And then teases some sort of hype bomb this coming Wednesday. It, it's just, it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. And of course, then all of a sudden the rumor mill started up with who is what his next WrestleMania match is going to be and all this stuff. And it's just, honestly, it's embarrassing. Embarrassing is a good word for it. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that. You know, I I uh, I was you know you and I had debated this last year about him joining AEW whether he'd he'd make a difference or whether he'd be there or not. And, and basically, I I felt like once John Moxley signed with AEW, there was really no room up for CM Punk in AEW. Um, and I do know they offered him a big money contract, and he turned it down. So I hope that means he's not actually going to wrestle. But I think that. You know, it's it's ridiculous for him to tell fans, you know, don't take sides in the war, like you and I have been saying. Um, and then he takes a side. You know, I mean, he takes the side. He t- not only takes a side, but he takes a side supporting, if not, you know, outright under contract with, but at least supporting the organization 
that he supposedly hates. And you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that he's you know he's always been about the money. I'm sure he's getting getting some good uh, some good mo some good money for doing this. Um, but it's just the fact that you know he walked away from that company for on principle, and now he's showing none. Five five and a, you know almost six years later. Wasn't he just at some convention talking about how? sticking by his guns and will never work for that company and will never wrestle again and all that stuff. Yeah, he... Done with, done with pro he's done with pro wrestling is what he said. He was at Starcade 3. Yep, and he said, he, he said, he's, he said he's done everything that, he, that there is to do in the world of pro wrestling and he's focusing on his acting career and his kind of MMA career and his commentating on MMA career. Um, and yeah, he did say, you know, that... Um, he did not ever see himself returning to pro wrestling. And now, what, three months later? He's back in pro wrestling. He's back in pro wrestling. And, and, you know, and you know how, do, you know how, do you know how glad this makes me, Jeff, that I didn't spend $300 to go see him and Mick Foley when they were doing the Starcade 3, when I was actually, Starcast 3, when I was actually in town for it? How I didn't, like, rush there to go there and buy the tickets to see him? Because it makes me super glad now. Because I didn't, because I'm glad I didn't put more money in his pocket. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm so disappointed in him that it's really hard to even, like, I, I was fired up last Wednesday because we just heard the news, and I know knew we were going to talk about it a little bit tonight, but it, it's just, now I'm, I'm, you know, four or five days away from it, and I'm just, I just don't care. It's like, yeah, he's, his only reason for being there is a ratings jump. They're trying to do whatever they can. This is, and whether it's Fox, whether it's the WWE, whether it's a culmination of both of them, the fact that he's under a Fox contract and not WWE makes no difference. If you say you're never going to work for a company, you don't work for that company, or you don't. If you're never going to appear for a company to help the, them with their ratings, then you don't do it. And that's exactly what he's doing. Is he's he's helping the WWE with their ratings on Fox Sports One. He is, and uh, and. The other thing is that you know he may not be officially working for WWE, but that but I'm sure that there's something in that contract that that prohibits him from appearing on other wrestling programming while he while he's under contract with with Fox for this and making these sporadic appearances, which means that in all reality he's been taken away from all the other wrestling promotions, which he, which means that he might more he better he might as well be working for WWE. Well, exactly. And what is his uh, Fox contract for anyway? Sporadic appearances, apparently. So sporadic appearances on WWE television. This is just his way to say, "Hey, see, I said I'd never work for them again." He's yeah. Still working for them. But it's just a gateway to him working for them again. He's just a gateway for him to work for them again. Right. I mean, I wouldn't be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he gets a big money offer and he appears at WrestleMania. So basically, it's just him saying, "You know, I said I would never work for them again. So I'm going to have Fox hire me to work for them." Yeah, pretty much. It, it just. To me, it just makes him a hypocrite, and I, I just, I just, I, I have no interest in anything that he says. Um, after you know, seeing some of the stuff I saw from, uh, from, I was, uh, was it Starcade, Wrestlecade, what the hell was it? Starcast. Uh, Starcast. Uh, you know, I saw some of the stuff he talked about on there, and he just wasn't. I don't know. He's not as riveting as he once was. I thought it, well. I thought his appearance was great. I mean, I watched, I, like I said, I didn't go there, but I did order. I did order the uh, 
the StarCast, when they had the special deal where you got all three of them for one price. I mean, I'd already bought the first one, but I didn't buy, I had not bought the second one, so I thought, well, if I can get, if I can get all that content for like 30 bucks or whatever it was, you know, why not? So, I mean, I mean, you and I both have access to it because you have my information, but, you know, right. but, but, you know, whether, you know, whether um, you want to watch it is, you know, that's another story. So. I just, I can't get behind the guy that, 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 I mean, I get it. You never say never in pro wrestling. But when Randy Savage could never come back, the, the fact that CM Punk can just is, is disgusting. Yeah, that's true. You know, I don't think we, you and I have ever talked about that. What do you think? You know, do you, do you buy any? Do you have think there's any validity to the rumors about why why uh, Macho Man never returned? No, I think what it was is Vince got butt hurt because um, Macho Man literally said to him earlier that day that I will be in, you know, I'll do whatever you want. I don't want to wrestle anymore. I'm, I'm happy on commentary. I want to be with WWE for life. And then later in the evening, he's like, hey, I signed with WCW. They're going to let me wrestle. You know, and I, I felt, I feel like he just felt burned by him for so long. And then with the whole Nacho Man and, and Huckster promos and all that stuff, that really hurt Savage. So then it became the two of them against each other. And then, of course, you know, he died before he could ever really make a comeback anyway, like Ultimate Warrior did. You know, Ultimate Warrior was at least lucky enough to um, make a comeback before he died, where Savage didn't. Yeah, and the, and, uh, and also, like, you know, Hogan returned as part of the NWO originally, and, and of course, that wasn't ever going to work for Savage. Because he, because he, because, because the NWO for all intents, I mean, yeah, it grew, it grew to expand to more than this, and, and we all know that. But really, the NWO, in all actuality, was Hall Nash and Hogan. Yeah, and then even in WWE, it grew with members adding. They added what Giant, they or um, Paul White, they added uh, Shawn Michaels and so on. So I mean, it. Don't forget Booker T. It, it, oh yeah. Because he, he, he's the problem. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I, it, it's another little thing that makes me dislike everything that happens with that company again. Yeah. You know, and then you, you have this whole Seth Rollins thing going on, and they're, now they're editing out uh, people booing him, uh, much like they did with Roman Reigns. Well, you know what, Seth? If you want people to cheer you. How about you go out and put on good matches like you did last year and keep your damn mouth off Twitter? All you do, all he does on Twitter is start fights with people and put down and sound like an idiot because he's putting down other organizations and other wrestlers that are quite frankly better than him. You know, so it, it's it's maddening. It's it's truly maddening. Yeah, for a quote unquote top guy, Seth Rollins has an incredibly thin skin, don't you think? Yes, he does. Yes, yeah. he does. I'm a better wrestler than you. Well, compare paychecks. Well, what the fuck does that matter? <laughs> Seriously. I'm still a better wrestler. <laughs> so, speak, speaking of better wrestlers, um, I, uh, I kind of want your take on this about the Tom Lawler thing. About the Tom Lawler thing? That he left MLW? Okay, so is that real? I don't know. I haven't found anything to say it's not real. I'm just so confused by it because, like, on the latest MLW that I watched, which was from Saturday, I believe, um, yeah, he, had he had a match on there, and he, and he, you know, he and he went over Davy Boy, 
And on that same show, I think it was, you know, he had said that, um, you know, you know, what he's going to do is up to him and, and all this stuff. So I have, I have no idea if this is part of an angle, like, you know, like the Shane Taylor thing, or if this is actually really real, really real happening. If it is, it's the most interesting thing he's done since he won the title. <laughs> so, I mean, there's that. Um, but also the fact that I thought he signed a multi-year contract with them just last year, right after he won the title. I don't know. I mean, they were they were they were talking it up on television that he that he was uh, his contract was going to expire at the end of the month, end of next. I think I think it's in the next month actually. So how he could be done now, you know, I have no idea. Unless you know that. I mean, obviously that could have just been kayfabe talk too. But that's possible. I, I but like I said, I everything that I've seen is just saying that he's finishing up with them. He's done with them. I haven't seen anything that says you know, like even with the Shane Taylor when you dug into it a little bit, you kind of saw that it was just a work. Right. I haven't, I haven't found anything, so maybe MLW is doing it better than Ring of Honor did? I guess I don't know. But even Court Bauer came out and said, you know, he wants to thank him for his service with MLW. Yeah, I, I just don't, but that still could be part of an angle, because he was also part of the whole, you know, talking about a new contract with him, too. I, I, I have no idea. Um, if he is done... Then I find it very sad. I think it's a mistake. Um, I don't think he's going to get the exposure anywhere else than he, at this point in his career, his career that he that he's going to get an MLW. So I, if I were him, I, I would not have done this. I think if he had left right before Simon Gotch turned on him, I think we'd have a different, a completely different Tom Lawler out there. Because Tom Lawler at that time was probably the most riveting guy on MLW. Both you and I loved watching him. Yeah, and then he then he got turned on by Simon Gotch, and he just became another uh, vanilla babyface. Mm-hmm. You know that he had stop start promos like that that night after he won the title. He was seen coming out of a strip club at eight o'clock in the morning, hammered off his ass, and that went nowhere. His little feud with Contra really didn't go anywhere. It was kind of stop and start. One week he's feuding with Contra, the next week he's He's wrestling, uh, you know, somebody else, and then he's back to feuding with Contra, and it was just stop and start all the way through War Chamber. And then after War Chamber, what his big match was against Timothy Thatcher, who I still don't get. I still don't get how why, I, I still don't understand how they are pumping him up to be this ridiculous technical wrestler, when he doesn't seem any more interesting than anyone else on the card. No, and I and and I and honestly I didn't also didn't understand why the dream match that the that apparently MLW fans were were clamoring for was Davey Boy versus Tom Lawler. So well, there were two dream matches then because you know there was also the Tim Thatcher versus Loki dream match. Right. You know, and I it's <coughs> I don't know. I mean, if he if he's gone, more power to him. If he stays, great. Maybe he can rebuild his career. I mean, he's thirty six years old. He's still young. He could, you know, wrestle for a few more years, and he's got the talent to do it. I just think that he needs a complete character overhaul at this point. Well, you know, because it's funny because um, Ryan had asked us, uh, you know, our super fan uh, Ryan Evans had asked us not too long ago, really, you know, how we would feel about um, Tom Lawler moving to AEW or you know something after, you know, down the line, and I had said that. I didn't want it to happen anytime soon, and I still feel that way. You know, I, I just don't think that, first of all, he's ready for it. And secondly, I don't feel like, you know, he, is, he's somebody that MLW can afford to lose. 
So, um, if it, if it really is true, I, I I honestly think it sucks. You know, to be honest, with the way his character has been, he's become like a fifth or sixth option on that show. I I think them losing MJF is a bigger hit than them losing Tom Lawler. Because Tom, Tom Lawler, like I said, ever since he won the title, he's been in stop-and-start programs. He's only really had one major feud, and that was against Contra leading up to War Chamber. He hasn't really been... I mean, he's, he's been on, what, one every six episodes of uh, Fusion. He just has not been a force in there, in that in that company anymore. I mean, you've got Contra that's obviously the top dog, the Hart Foundation that's probably second, and then, you know, there was the Dynasty, but now where are they going with that? You know, I thought it was interesting that a couple weeks ago when, um, you know, they were talking about, when they were talking about uh, when Contra was out there talking about how they're going to take all the gold and they targeted um, Teddy Hart and they targeted the Von Erics how come nobody mentioned um, uh, Hammerstone yeah good question the dynasty was just a completely forgotten part of that entire little spiel so you know obviously they're setting up now that you know there's nobody else for the promotion as De La Rado or Rosa or whatever that is has has really nothing now that the the LA parks are gone. Ricky Hernandez hasn't been on there for a long time. Jimmy Havoc is not really a part of them, so they're pretty much dead in the water. You know, so now you've got only really two factions that are that matter and obviously that's the next faction war we're getting. Yeah, you know, speaking of factions though, I I just I wanted to give you a, a bit of a um shout out this week because you had said, you know, you, you know, I both thought that Austin Aries should have beaten Teddy Hart for the um, for the middleweight championship. And when he didn't, you said, well, maybe they're going to put it on Myron Reed instead. <laughs> and lo and behold, two weeks later, who's it on? <laughs> <laughs> he was the guy that I wanted. You know, he was the guy that I, I, I've been I've been high on Myron Reed since he first came out with uh, with Rich Swan. Right. And started the whole injustice thing. That was such. I I'm not gonna lie. It's the first time I've marked out to MLW in about four months. It was actually it was something that I was actually really happy to see happen. I'm sure it was. I, I, I felt like their writing has kind of gone downhill. It's been focused on really two or three uh, of the top factions. The rest of the people are just kind of filler with no real storyline. It reminds me a lot of. Um, the, the way that WWE has run their women's division for years. It's all about the top champion and the championships, and then everybody else is just kind of there for fodder. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, and I, as we, go ahead. As, as much as we've loved MLW for the last, you know, almost two years now, I think that their writing has really gotten weak, and I don't know if it's because of the lack of talent, because they have some of the strongest, you know, mic workers in, you know, in the world, and they've got great talent. I just I don't know what it is that that's changed. Well, I, I I'm going to say it's a couple of factors, and you can you know tell me if you think I'm I'm right or wrong on this. Obviously, you will. Um, but one of them is that they is that yes they have talent, but they have such a revolving door of talent, it's hard to keep you know it's hard to know who to book strong and who not to, which I think is why you know we're, we're we've seen injustice booked so. You, you know, for a while, you and I talked about how, how Injustice was booked as the, as the opening match on every single show, and it's because they had they knew that they could rely on those guys to be there. Um, the 
the other thing is that for quite a while when they when the booking was going on they were they had Jim Cornette as a consultant and now and now he's um, working for the NWA instead and he's not there to give his guidance um, as, as much as as cantankerous as, as Cornette can be and as much as he can piss pe- piss some people off by by his beliefs and his attitude about the new school he is a very knowledgeable guy when it comes to booking professional wrestling and I think that the loss of his, of his guidance there has been a big factor as well well not just him but what about Shivani too yeah I don't know how much Shivani was involved with the booking but yeah definitely could, that's definitely possible I mean he's got Shivani has 40 years in the business as well I mean I can't imagine he didn't they didn't come to him with, with some uh, you know throw some things at him and say hey you think this will work you think this will work you think this will work well, and he's talked about on um, what the hell? What the hell is his show? Um, what happened when? What happened when? Yeah, he's talked about on what happened when about how he's been, how he would talk to the town and be like, you know, you guys, you guys need to tone down what you're doing because you know, yeah, this stuff looks flashy and and it looks pretty and and it is, but what are you going to do when your knees go out on you from doing all this stuff? You know, stuff like that. So I, I, he's at least been a he was at least a mentor in that capacity. Yeah, that's true. And at least, you know, they still have some... I just, I'd like to see people like... I, I'm glad that Marlon Reed finally got pushed. Like, he's so talented. He's just, he's great on the mic. Did you say Marlon? Or, yeah, I did. It's Myron, right? Myron. Okay. Uh, I'm so glad that he finally got pushed. And he, I mean, even... He's been so good on the mic, but he's kind of been, you know, that's been Jordan Oliver's spot lately. And during Injustice and Code of Brazil, he kind of just comes in and does a one-liner or something. So it's nice to see him get the forefront again of of Injustice and to actually get some rub for a change. Yeah. I mean, I I guess the way I kind of of see it is that, you know, Oliver's the brash, you know, youngster in the group. And Myron Reed is just, you know, was the guy that started it. But I've kind of seen... You know, Cotto Brazil is kind of being the the leaders because he has that more, not really veteran, but more veteran presence than, than the other two guys. You know, it's possible. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's a, it it's going to be interesting to see where they go with that. Um, it it does. I want to see what they do with um, Richard Holiday and uh, Hammerstone now too, because the only thing that held those two together was MJF. Otherwise, they're not. They don't mesh at all. And they're both they're both really talented on their own, so maybe Holiday goes off on his own. See, I'm not as convinced as you are, though, that that uh, MJF is completely done with the company. It's hard to not see him done with the company, and I wonder if that might be why he was held back so much on AEW and not on every episode other than just you know a brief appearance here. I mean, he didn't have a live mic in three out of the six episodes, three out of the seven episodes. Right. You know, he was just, he came out in that, that first episode, had a squash match where he, uh, and got a little bit of mic time. And then the rest of it, he's just kind of showing up, walking with Cody, you know, not really saying, he doesn't say anything. You know, which is why I wish they would have worked that into the angle of his heel turn somehow. Speaking of heel turns, and we're into our, we're into full run ADD here. Um, Marty uh, uh, from NWA Party, what's her name? Marty. Oh, what the hell is her name? Marty Bell. Marty Bell. She pulled off a heel turn like MJF should have. When she kicked um, the champ in the face, 
there was history behind that. And she set it up in a two-minute interview before she kicked him in the face. Yes, she did. But the name of the show is NWA Power, not NWA Party. <laughs> did I say party? <laughs> you said party. <laughs> I'm having a rough night. <laughs> or a stroke, one of the two. You've already said that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I really did enjoy her heel turn. I totally agree with with you there. And uh, and it, it was kind of it was kind of interesting the way that she did it too, because you know she had just wrestled um, Thunder Rosa, and then she turns by joining Thunder Rosa. <laughs> right. And they, they kind of explained it the next week. Yeah, they did. In this, in this last one, why she actually sided with Thunder Rosa, and it makes sense. It wasn't it it. it was a very well done heel turn and it was one that only had a two week setup. You know, it's not like this was but it was believable. It was it was believable that it would happen and it, it worked well and it's you know I think maybe um MJF and, and Cody should have taken a look at that and saw how a real heel turn is supposed to go. <laughs> Again, it's all about the follow up. We only have we've only had one week of follow up so far. So it, it's we're past it. I don't care what his explanation is now. Okay. <laughs> just just be an asshole now. You just want you just want you just want to you just want to be the best heel he can be, right? The best the best MG, the best MJF he can be. I mean, we're we're two weeks past his little turn, and we haven't had a uh, real reason why. So whatever, just let's just run with it. We're not two we're not two weeks past his turn. We're one week past his turn. This week will be two weeks. No, this week will be the will be the second. Never mind. I know what you're. I know what you're saying, but you. But it'll be it'll be the second dy- It'll be the second dynamite. But. And technically, two weeks ago was yes, uh, Saturday. So, haha. <laughs> no, a week ago was Saturday. Was it? I don't know. That was that was my whole point. I don't even know anymore. I know. But you know the difference between between me and you is that I know that you never did. Um, maybe I should uh, maybe I should look at a calendar, write some stuff down. So I was I was surprised that Captain Morgan quit on um, on power. Yeah, that kind of shocked me too. I didn't and and see that coming. I mean I mean I saw it. You know, I don't necessarily didn't see it coming, but I figured that you know usually when something like that happens, there's a payoff like at the end of the show where like he comes out and he's like, oh, I didn't really quit. But in this case, like you know, nothing ever happened. Nothing happened. Actually, happened at the end of the show. So there actually there was a lot of things. There was a lot of confusing parts about that episode. Like we were supposed to get Camille talking, and she never even came out for an interview. And then what was with that clusterfuck at the end, where just everybody that even thought about a title was out there pushing somebody else? Yeah, that was weird. That was really weird. It was just it. it this 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 episode might have been my least favorite of the bunch. I mean, other outside of Aaron Stevens, and and I'm sad. I hope he didn't really quit or. You know, I hope this is some kind of angle because I, he's one of the most enjoyable characters on that on that show. Who's Aaron Stevens? Just Aaron Stevens? What's his name? Oh, you mean Captain Morgan? That's what you're talking about, yeah. Captain Morgan. Okay. The old Damien Sandow. Is his name Aaron Stevens? Because I'm having trouble with everything tonight. No, it is. I was just giving a shit because because the car keeps calling him Captain Morgan, and I think that's awesome. So. Well, the, yeah, <laughs> and then he came and then he came out pretty much dressed that way, you know, in the last episode. So. Wearing nothing but his underwear. You know yes, underwear and a frilly shirt. That was pretty entertaining, but I, I, he 
he was he's been one of the more entertaining parts of that show you know and to see him go is not going to be good and then um i i i really want to see i i it was just weird because like eli drake came out and he was cutting a promo about how he's going to challenge for the 10 pounds of gold and then wild cards come out and why they just said don't disrespect all this and walked away and then ken anderson comes out which i would love to see those two go one-on-one -on, -one on the mic but he said you know just says i got a big mouth and then walks away it's like well, what the hell just happened yeah. This last episode was just really odd. Really odd from start to finish. It, the, I don't know what that question mark is, but oh my god, keep him off my TV. The ending with that with that cluster, you know, that brawl, whatever the hell it was supposed to be, that like totally had me feeling like, like I had smoked some shrooms and forgot about it. <laughs> the whole episode did. I mean, it was just all over the map. It was this was this episode was not as tightly done as all the rest of them. No, not at all. And I, I could tell it, it kind of made sense because that dude with the brown suit wearing the um, Santa Santa thing had been on three straight episodes. So this obviously was taped at the same time and they, they must have just been tired at the end of it. That is yeah. actually a good a good possibility. Is the, That's the only thing I can think because it, it, this, this episode was just confusing. It was, there was really no payoffs it was i mean the only other really botch i've seen is that whole ricky starks um captain morgan promo where uh ricky said something and aaron stevens was supposed to grab the mic back and he missed his cue and just stood there they just stood there staring at each other and that one guy in the audience yells out awkward yeah i thought you know other than that they've been firing on all cylinders but i think this episode was somebody was smoking crack in the back room that is hard to argue. So I'm not going to. Because <laughs> <laughs> you really can't. Well, I can always find a way to argue with you. But, uh, but, just too tired for it but I can't, uh, in all, I can't in good conscience argue with you on this one because you're totally right about it. You can't in good conscience defend that pile of crap? No, I cannot. You know, I mean, it, it was, like you said, it was, the, it was the first time that I've been disappointed in an episode. I mean, there was, there was episodes of, of Dynamite that, that you didn't like. Um, and I did, but this is the first one that I've actually not enjoyed myself. Of power. A power, yeah. And you know, my reason. I, I said dynamite, didn't I? Yeah, my reason for not uh, not enjoying it was simply because th the only one I didn't enjoy was that very first one, and it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was a great show. I was just disappointed because I didn't want to see that retro feel going forward. But they have really been able to pull it off. And, yeah. and it's something that I, I thought was going to be a one or two uh, episode thing that now we're six, seven episodes in, and it's still, it's not it's not as annoying as I thought it was going to be. And I even like the fact that they're playing up with it with that retro video game coming out. I do too, and, and that's, that's I'm looking forward to seeing what that's like. I'm, I'm hoping it's not like a, a $60 release, like maybe it's a 20 or $30 one. Um because it just doesn't look like something that, that somebody should should have, to, should have to pay like a full, like the full usual you know new video game price for. But I have a, feel, I have a feeling it's going to be something um, more expanded. That that's going to be a part of it, but that's not going to be all of it. Like you'll be able to actually do a, a a good PS4 type game on it as well. Could be. You know, I just I can't imagine in 2019 them releasing that game. But with how how retro games have been, 
you know, people wanting to go back and play the old Nintendos and the old Super Nintendos and Genesis and everything, maybe it is something that would be a hit. I think it. W I think it would be for the right, like I said, for the right price point. You know, I. Right. I think it's something that. I don't think it's something that you know um, people are going to pay like you know fifty, sixty bucks for. But if it's twenty or thirty, I think that it could do decently well. You know, I mean, if, and, you know, there's also people that are kind of down on the um, as it, as much as you and I enjoy those games, like the like the SmackDown and the you know the WWE type game. Um, just because, just because they're kind of tired of the simulation stuff, and they'd rather play the arcadey versions, you know. Well, and the fact that you know they still haven't quite figured out how to let you enjoy the game, and I think that's why Nick Aldis came out there, and that's how they started that, you know, that commercial was video games today are just too hard, and that explains every single WWE versus SmackDown game, or just WWE game that I've played since the dawn of time. It's to, to pull off moves is damn near impossible. You have to stand on your head, sacrifice a chicken, spin around three times, and, and push 14 buttons just to do a suplex. Well, with the way that with the way the women in your life are, I thought I thought you'd be used to standing on your head and spinning around three times while sacrificing a chicken. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I have to do that to ward off the evil spirits. Has it worked so far? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I keep failing miserably. <laughs> Ouch. Right. Sad but true. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately it is. Unfortunately it is. Um, let me see what else was there. There's really. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch any um, Kingdom Law or any um, New Japan. Um, I, I can't bring myself to watch Ring of Honor until there's a big show. I, I, I tried to watch an episode, and I just couldn't do it. And it's sad because I really like Ian Riccoboni, and I like a lot of the talent. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and i got to pull them up here again for us to actually talk about them, was the AEW rankings. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And let me pull them up here, just because I thought I thought they were a little bit weird, and I wanted to see what you thought of them. All right. So. I haven't actually even looked at them. I just know what they've said on TV. AEW Power Rankings. Let's see what we got here. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting them right here, up there. All right. So number one is Chris Jericho. Well, that shouldn't. That's the wrong one. So. Well, this is the November 13th. This is the newest one. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the at the one on a different. Site those. Let me find the actual A to AW one. This is um, week of. Well, yeah, of course he'd be number one. He's the champion. Yeah, so you're looking at the wrong. You look. You're looking at the wrong one I looked at too. So that's the wrong one. Because because their actual rankings don't list the champions. So the, yeah, the women's one I didn't. The women's one was fine. That one I didn't. That one I didn't have a problem with. It was this. It was the men's and the tag one that I thought was weird. Let me find it here. in spin mode right now, so. Oh. Well, it's not AEW.com. Riveting radio right now, guys, while we're searching. Because we can't be professionals and do this ahead of time. 
That would take all the fun out of the show. Well, I think it was I think it was on Twitter. I'm just trying to find the damn thing. All right, here we go. All right, so number one is pack. Four, one, and one, four, two, one overall, which makes perfect sense to me, right? Right. Number two is Cody Rhodes, who's three, one, and one, four, two, and one overall. Again, makes perfect sense to me. Except for the fact that he just lost. He just lost, but he's three, one, and one, so that's not too bad. Um, Adam Page... Four and three, five and four overall was number three. That's where I'm. That's where I'm like, what? Because then you look below him is Moxley at two zero oh, and one, and then Darby Allen at four two and one. So how can a guy that's four and three be higher than a guy who's two and zero, oh, or a guy that's four and two and one? You know, and and maybe it's and maybe and maybe. So I'm wondering if like maybe they're going by strength of competition as well. That wasn't well, Moxley beat. Yes, he's only had two matches that have counted. Yeah, he, so he beat um, Sean Spears, right? Yep. And then he beat um, Nakasaka. Nakazawa. 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 Yeah. Nakasaka. Whatever the hell. So I'm thinking they must be they must be going by power rankings, right? I mean, they might they might they must actually be going by, by going by strength of competition is the only thing I can think of. Because otherwise, Page at four and three and five and five overall wouldn't be above Moxie or Allen, right? You wouldn't think so. Meanwhile, Page, you know, be. meanwhile Page has beaten Pack, and the, and he's lost twice to Pack and once to Jericho, and those were his only three defeats in singles competition. So he's lost to the champion and, and then twice to the number one contender. Yeah, the Rock and Wrestling Rangers coming back. Yes, it is in January, but there's no cabins available right now. Still, the fact that he's coming back. I didn't know you didn't know that. I well, I figured he would do it again, but I didn't know how it would work with his new contract, considering all the main players were on that. <gasps> AEW announces Bash at the Beach. Nine-day fan extravaganza starting in January. Where? Interesting. Oh, Miami, of course. It's not anywhere near where we can go. Okay. Well, no, I, I didn't know if it was in Daytona again. That's why I was wondering. Well, it's they're in Miami for part of it, and then of course, stupid. I hate when they do that. Damn it. So I mean, that's what it. So that's what I want to talk. I want to point out this the weird discrepancy there with the records. But I, but I, now that I think about it more, I think it probably is more the fact that who the, who they beat and who they lost to versus what their actual record is. That has to be. I can't see any other reason for it because. There's, like you said, there's no reason a guy who's two and zero should be ranked lower than a guy who's four, what four and three. Right. Unless you're looking at overall win totals, but then why is he ranked ahead of the guy that's four and one? Well, Pack's Pack's four and one, and he's number one. Who's what's uh, Darby Allen? Four and two. Four two. Well, he's four two and one because he because he had that draw against um, against Rhodes. Right. And Moxie and Moxie and Pack both have one tie as well because they drew against each other. But if you're, I mean, if you're using the logic that well, Hangman Page has more actual wins, so he has more points. If they were going off like a point system where you get two points for a win, one point for a tie, 
zero points for a loss, you could argue that Hangman Page should be ahead of Moxley, but then so should Darby Allen. Right. So it still doesn't really make much sense. They've got to do a better job of explaining some of the stuff they're doing because, like, the whole um, you know, three judges thing, nobody still knows really what the hell was happening there. And now this ranking system, we have no clue why people are being ranked the way they are. And then if you look in the tag ranks, the Lucha Brothers are number one at four and three. Proud and Powerful are two and O and number two. And one of those wins is over the Bucks. Um, the Bucks are four and three and number three. Best Friends are three and three and number four. But then the Dark Order is three and two and number five. And they've beaten Best Friends. So why isn't Dark Order at four and Best Friends at three at five? Well, and you, you said, what did you say that Lucha Brothers were? Four and three? Four and three, yeah. And so were the Bucks at four and three. Yeah, but the but the brother, but the the Lucha Brothers beat the Bucks the last time they faced each other. Right, so it should be Lucha Brothers <coughs> number one, Bucks number two. Except for, except for Proud and Powerful beat the Bucks. That's the thing. Is like, that's why I think Proud and Powerful is number two. It's just, this, the whole, they need to explain this ranking system to us. I agree. It doesn't make any sense logically. Or or do like they do in you know in other sports. Yeah, I mean I. Signs points points to each win you get. Right. You know I I think I think you know either assign it that way or do like a road to the rankings thing where they where you know you know they used to have like the road to each pay per view like the road to television, you know do like a road to the rankings so we so we we can see clearly how they're getting this stuff. Right, because otherwise it just it. it there's too many variables. Like, this guy beat this guy, so he goes here, but this guy lost to this guy, so he can't go here, but we can put him here because he lost to this, or he beat this guy. It's, it's just, there's too much going on there. Also, do you remember, like, like a couple of weeks ago, I had mentioned that, you know, are they really going to at some point have be like, you know, well, this guy's like 198 or something like that? And, you know, I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like you know, are they, gonna, are they really going to do that? And it sounds like they are, but they're also going to have seasons so that... Like you're like you're um like you're, you're gonna have like a season record or maybe a yearly record, and then also you're going to have like an overall record, but like but 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 like whatever like your yearly one is or your season one is is what's actually going to count towards your contendership at that given moment. You know what I would like to see? I would like to see them go all the way back to the dawn of everybody's professional wrestling career, and just show us their overall records. <laughs> Jericho would be like 10,400 and 500 wins and 500 some odd odds, you know, something like that. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right, somebody who's got a lot more time than us, get on that. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, didn't, I had not even considered that, but that's pretty funny. So, um, but if, if, you think, if you think about it, there's going to come a time if AEW lasts, you know, Obviously, we're hoping that with the money they've got, I'm sure, and the ratings they're getting, I'm sure they'll do fine. But, um, you know, let's say they last 10 years. Most of these guys that are in here, in this company right now, are still going to be around in 10 years. You know, I, I can't see Jericho being around. I can't, um, you know, see Dustin Ronalds being around. But a lot of these other guys are still really young. Cody's, what, early 30s? The Bucks are their early 30s. Sammy Guevara's his early 20s. You know, Scorpio Sky is, is a younger guy, too. So, I mean, they've got a lot of guys who, in 10 years, are going to have a hell of a big record. Isn't Scorpio like 36? 
Is he? I didn't think he was. Well, yeah, I guess he has been around for a long damn time. Yeah, he just he just didn't get didn't get any prominence before recently. I mean, nobody's like I think Kazarian's immortal at this point. He's yeah. like Benjamin Button. He's getting better with age. He's I think he I want to say he's forty six. All I know is he every time he comes out he looks like he's better than he was last time. I mean, I swear to God he's Benjamin Button. How how old did I say Scorpio Sky was? Thirty six. He was born April second, nineteen eighty three. Nailed it. Wow, look at you. It's impressive. And I'm almost positive Daniels is forty nine, which I think makes Kazarian forty six. So. Yeah, that would make sense. Frankie Kazarian, Kazarian is the number two um, choice if you look up Frankie on Wikipedia. So, uh, Frankie, he's 42. I was, I was way off on Kazarian, he's 42. But still, he's still getting... I want to see who the number one Frankie is. It was just, it was just the word Frankie in general. Oh. Oh yeah, because there's a, a movie called Frankie that just came out. Christopher Daniels. I didn't realize that Daniels was that much older than Kazarian, did you? No. I mean, I knew Frankie was in his 40s, but I guess I didn't realize that CD was uh, 49. Oh, so Christopher, Christopher Daniels returned return 50 the day that my brother turns uh, 41. Wow. March 24th of next year. You know what the sad thing is? He's only three years older than me. Oh, that's you're going to say that my brother is never going to reach the age of reason no matter how old he gets, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, there is that. <laughs> but the fact that he is still able to, to move around a wrestling ring like he does and he's only three years older than me and I can barely move around my living room. <laughs> I mean, that's... Uh, hey, 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 you can move one around your living room a lot better than you could a month ago. Yeah. Without the albatross on me. Well, no, that was like three or four months ago. Was it? I I don't know. It just all runs together. <laughs> I <was> stopped. <laughs> oh, you're talking about since I quit drinking. No, I was, about, I was actually talking about since you, since you knocked that wall down, but, you know. Well, that's more moving around my kitchen. Not my it, one leads to the other. It's fine. Anything else? Oh, God, no. Then plug that shit. I don't want to. Um, you guys, we're going to do something different starting actually this week. Um, since we've kind of made our shows a little bit shorter and sweeter, and which has been, we're actually worked out well for not only us, but for a lot of our listeners, we've actually gotten good feedback about the shorter shows because, let's face it, it's hard to listen to two, three hours uh, at a time. And, you know, we can go kind of rapid fire just kind of touch on things we don't have to break down and bore you all with um with stuff that doesn't matter just to fill time so because of that because we're doing shorter shows we're actually going to start doing something new this week where we're going to start recording a patreon show after we go off the air of king uh, uh with kingdom of honor so every single week now there's going to be an exclusive patreon show that will go up you know hopefully tonight but more likely tomorrow uh but 
that's something new that's going to be there. So anybody that gets into that ten dollar tier to hear our exclusive shows, you're going to get one every single week now, and it it ranges. It, we go all over the place this week because this was kind of an impromptu decision that we made earlier today. Both Shane and I have um, Disney Plus. Both Shane and I have played around on Disney Plus, and both Shane and I have watched the first episode of Mandalorian. So we're going to talk about that after this show and have it up on Patreon uh, later. You know, I'm hopefully you know, by the end of the day tomorrow. And that brings me to Patreon.com/slash Kingdom of Honor. Go there, help us out. Anybody that goes there can uh, you know donate whatever they like we've got three tiers um our, the first tier is just you know the easiest some articles and, and blog posts that i've written throughout the years are all up there uh then we have our archive which is ever since we left blog talk radio they don't um save our shows like they used to so you know after three or four episodes they kind of go out the door so we've got them all in our archives you can go back to day one back when we first started in 2015 and listen to how bad this train wreck has uh you know has improved over the years and then our big tier it's our ten dollar tier that one is all of our exclusive content we break down pay-per-views we break down uh <laughs> marvel tv shows we break down pretty much whatever we're feeling at the time i mean we've uh, list found a new uh, new band and listened to them broke that down we every now and then i'll go through and and do what we call our wreck with wrestler series which is um taking one guy looking at his career picking our four favorite matches each and then talking about it for an hour and a half. Uh, so that's at our Patreon.com. You know, head there, patreoncom slash Honor. You can also, um, it, uh, we would really appreciate if you would go to our YouTube channel. Uh, it's YouTube.com/KingdomOfHonor, and you know, click likes, click, uh, you know, listen to the shows in the background, click like on those shows, hit subscribe. The more we get, the quicker we'll actually be able to start doing some live shows on there. And when Shane and I get bored, which, you know, ever since AEW has started hasn't happened, I, I, I haven't been able to find a boring moment yet, we do occasionally jump on there and put on just a, a quick little video about what our thoughts are on that day. Um, and then Twitter. You know, I'm at Regi Co-op. He is at ZanmanLOP. And the best way to, to find us is using our, using our hashtags. We use hashtag KOH for Kingdom of Honor, hashtag DAD for Dynamite After Dark. And me, I think you did too. And um, you can also <laughs> you can you can also catch all the LOP radio shows on the on the Boards of Pain YouTube channel as well. Uh, make sure you stay tuned on Wednesday for Sports Entertainment is Dead, and of course we'll be back with you that night as well for Diamond After Dark. On Thursdays we have Imps LOP Radio Adventure. On Friday is the Right Side of the Pond. I'm not sure how for how much longer um, the Global Revolution will be, will be on hiatus, but we'll certainly let you know when they're back up and running. And that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. This is Zan saying long days, pleasant nights. And Je Jeff is going to say goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye. And good night. Bang.